When we think of a woman explaining her experience with childbirth or pregnancy, most of the time we think of a woman saying that it was a beautiful and life changing experience. But too few times do we hear about the mood swings, the anxiety, the sadness, the irritability, the feeling overwhelmed, the crying, the appetite problems, the trouble sleeping. If we're going to be real, we need to have a real conversation. Let's talk about postpartum depression. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Relatively Normal. I'm your host, Mark Paisant. I hope everyone is doing well and getting through as best as they can during this pandemic and isolation and quarantine and hope everyone is just getting by. Because sometimes that's all we can do is just get by. But today, we are going to talk about something that I honestly know nothing about. And there comes so many times in our lives where we try to empathize with others. We try to walk in their shoes. We try to sympathize with them and feel bad, feel sorry for them. We just try to be there. And we try to understand. I have talked about a lot of things on this show about things that I have gone through personally when it comes to mental health and mental illness. One thing I have not gone through or not experienced is postpartum depression or anything dealing with postpartum symptoms and how they affect a woman's body, a woman's mind, a woman's spirit. But it needs to be talked about. We need to talk about it. So, as I always do, when there are things that I want to talk about but don't know much about, I get somebody to come on the show and discuss them with me. So, this week, today, we have my good friend, Lauren Dawson, who's going to join us. We actually went to high school together. And Lauren and I have a, a candid conversation about her experience with postpartum depression, medication, therapy. Because I want to talk about this. I want to try my best to understand it. I have been lucky enough to be blessed with two beautiful girls. And I was there step-by-step with my wife during both pregnancies. Thank goodness, you know, there were no complications really. The, um, The childbirths themselves went pretty much as well as planned. Our oldest one came out a little small, so we had a little issues with that, a little scary moments with that. But 
for the most part, I was there. But I was only there. I was not the person carrying the baby. I was not the person whose body was changing, even though I may have gained a little weight with my wife at the time. But at the end of the day, she's the one that did all the heavy lifting. And I thank her every day for doing that. But at no point did I really understand what was going through her head, what was going through her body, how scared she was the first time we got pregnant and how scared she could have been going into childbirth. This was something totally new, totally alien to her. And all I could do was just be a support system and hold her hand. I remember being in the the room both times she gave birth and just being amazed by the strength of a woman. I don't know if a man could do the same thing. Some people may argue with me on that, but the strength of a woman is just crazy to me. And then here's the big part is that once the baby comes out, it doesn't stop. There could be breastfeedings. There could be the body changing. There's just so many things out there. And then on top of that, you have emotional reactions and psychological reactions. And again, I can't truly empathize with that because I can't walk in those shoes. But this is what we do know. That postpartum depression affects women. And the kicker to this is if you've had it once with your first child, there's pretty much a 70% chance you're going to have it with any additional child. So there are things that we, we need to talk about. And so postpartum depression, it occurs into, in twin, 10 to 15% of all deliveries. And it goes even higher with adolescent deliveries. So 26 to 32%. And then the majority of those patients still suffer symptoms six months after onset. And when untreated, a quarter of those are depressed over a year later. So this is real. This is happening. And we have to open up. And as men, we have to listen. This is not our time to get involved and and try to come up with quick solutions. It is our job to listen and support. Because honestly... Sometimes that's all someone needs. But for a second, can you imagine carrying this child for 40 weeks? Your body's changing. Your skin is changing. Your hair is changing. And then after you give birth, your body attempts to go back. But at the same time, 
all these thoughts are popping in your head. Some women don't want to hold their baby. Some women cry constantly. Some women, women just don't feel like themselves. And I think it is just really, really brave for Lauren to have this discussion with me. And I hope you listen. I hope you enjoy it. She's very candid. She's very open. Um, her and I have a, a good relationship. She's an, an artist. And we'll talk about her art a little bit. We'll talk about her family a little bit. And we'll talk about her postpartum depression. So thanks again for listening. And after the break, we'll be back with Lauren. Welcome back. Thanks again for joining me. Like I mentioned before, I have a very special guest with me today, and um, I'm about to learn a lot of stuff, and I hope you guys learn a lot of stuff too, because this is, like I said, this is a topic that I know little to nothing about, because as I've spoken before about, there is things in our life that it's very hard for us to comprehend if we haven't walked in that person's shoes. So, so for me as a black adult male, it's hard for me to really empathize with a female and what they have gone through. So I have my very good friend, a very talented artist, a wonderful teacher, a wife, a mother, Miss Lauren Santamaro Dawson. Her and I have known each other since high school, and we just kind of reconnected in the last few months, a few years. So thank you very much for being a part of this show, Lauren. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. So we're going to talk about a, a topic that is near and dear to you, something you have gone through, and that is uh, postpartum depression. And before we get started, can you kind of give us, um, you know, your background, how many kids you have, you know, what is your kind of, you know, history with with mental health and, and how have you kind of grown into your understanding of, of mental health? Okay. So, um, I have three kids. My son is currently 11, and I also have identical twin girls who are nine. They were all born under two years apart, so my son wasn't even two when the twins came home. And we like to joke that my son was kind of the rogue triplet because 
I'd be taking care of the twins and he would start climbing the, the stairs by himself or <laughs> he climbed out of his crib actually um, one day and broke his arm. So there was a lot of chaos and a lot of love in my house all at the same time. Oh my goodness. That um, is... I'm an artist. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm an artist and an art teacher. Um, but see, professionally, right before I had kids, I was in advertising and I was the breadwinner for our family. And um, my husband and I have moved eight times since we've been married. So I'm in my eighth city now. And um, we did a lot of moving for his job. And when we started moving around, we didn't have kids. But for his job, he's a, a university law professor. You have to sort of like build up your resume. So we used to do these one, one year stints for different judges or he had a writing fellowship and he went to law school. And so during that time, I was a photographer. So I would just pick up clients wherever new city we were in. So lots and lots of moving. It was a chaotic time to kind of move around the country and also have kids on the run, basically. <laughs> so a lot of a lot of moving, a lot of moving parts for you. And then you get pregnant and kind of walk us through that progress, your symptoms, how you, how that all came fruition for you. Was it, was it something that you noticed from day one? Is it something that you kind of fought? Like just, just in your own words, describe your symptoms and, and what you went through. Okay. So, um, I should say here that I lost my first baby my first pregnancy, it was very early on, but I miscarried. And so all of a sudden, that newness of being excited about pregnancy and getting pregnant again um, was kind of painted um, with the anxiety of losing a baby. And then also, you know, you're just nervous about it the whole time. And there's an urgency to get pregnant again quickly. For me, it felt that way. And so when I did get pregnant with my son, you know, we were really excited and um, I was very nervous until the three month checkup and everything turned out to be fine. He was um, born in Boston and he was born in December in Boston. And it was one of the coldest winters on record. All throughout my pregnancy, um, I had had some thyroid problems and that the thyroid issue was actually why they thought that I lost my first baby. So I was on some medication for thyroid um, to keep the baby intact during my whole pregnancy with my son. And I felt fine. I had a great pregnancy. I was never ever sick. Um, my hair was great. My skin was glowing. I joke now that I could be a professional surrogate because I love being pregnant. It is just my favorite. Um, I never had any like weird side effects. And then my son is born and um, he was 10 pounds. It was a 36 hour labor and he got stuck in the birth canal. And we had to have an emergency C-section 
And so you can imagine after going through the physical nature of birth for 36 hours and then the surgery on top of that, I was really exhausted. And it took me a, a long time to bounce back physically. And I think this is what a lot of people gloss over is that, gosh, giving birth feels like you've run three marathons in a row. And as soon as the marathon is over, you have like a five minute breath and then you need to start running again. It's like you need to start feeding, then you go home, then you have to start taking care of the baby and you're still really healing. Um, and so that part was really hard for me to grasp getting myself back again. Um, so I would say that my, the biggest things, the symptoms that I had, I was very irritable. I was utterly exhausted. Um, I didn't really want to hold the baby, but I kind of did anyways, because I, you know, he's my son, I take care of him. Um, but there was kind of like a reluctance. And then the other thing that was kind of weird was I, was out of control about germs. Um, it seemed like that was the only thing that I can control. So I almost felt OCD about germs near the baby. Um, and then I remember telling my husband that there were no stars in my sky. Um, it all seemed bleak and kind of black. And I felt like I was going through the motions of taking care of my son, but it was almost as if there was this like really thick velvet curtain between us that I just couldn't seem to break through. Um, and I'm a person who can be very cheery and sort of push down my doubts and my fears and just keep on going. Um, I'm really good at that. If I had a superhero quality, it would be that. And unfortunately, in this, I pushed it down for a long time and I didn't really take care of myself. And I can, I can see that because you are, as long as I've known you, whether it's been when we we're in school together, or whether it's been from afar, or seeing you know your work online, you you emit this bubbly personality, and I think because you and I, we both do. You and I both kind of like to cheer people up. We like to think of things, you know. The, the cup is half full. We, we're very positive and outgoing people, but, and I think that that's what kind of throws people off sometimes. It's like, oh, you know, you, you can't be the one going through this. You're, you're the one who keeps me um, happy and um, cheery all the time. But, you know, there, there has to be so many women out there that have these same feelings and I think you were um, possibly, I, I don't want to use the word fortunate, but in, in regard to being creative, you were one of the people who could um, really um, express how you're feeling, like saying there's no stars in my sky. That's, I think that's a perfect way of putting it when you're feeling the way you are. So when you're going through this, like how much of you thinks, oh, this is just par for the course like I've never I've never had a baby before this is just par for the course or yeah at what point did you get to a a, a a pausing place where you said I'm actually going through something I'm, I may need help this is something that's 
that's foreign to me and I need to start coping with it. At what, what point did you, you know, finally accept that you were suffering from something like this? So that year after my son was born, um, we lived in Boston that year. He was born in December. We moved that summer to New York City for three months. And then in September, we moved to Philadelphia. So I had three cities and a newborn. <laughs> and so I um, didn't really accept anything was wrong because, you know, it felt like I had whiplash. I was constantly moving and trying to keep track of everything with my son. And so um, I didn't really know that this was happening until after my twin girls were born because I thought it was just par for the course, like you said. Um, I'm a new mom. I have no idea what it's supposed to feel like. I have a thyroid issue, which a lot of these symptoms are the same as thyroid. So I just chalked it up to, okay, I'll get on more thyroid medication. I'll see how it goes. And then we moved, sorry, we moved to uh, Philadelphia in September, I think. And then I was pregnant with the twins by that following February or January. So it was all very quick. And then once the twins were born, we moved again to Wilmington, Delaware. So it was a lot of moving pieces. Um, once we got to Wilmington and I had all three kids home with me all day, that's when I really started to feel like, oh my goodness, this is happening again. And I was overwhelmed with the sheer work of taking care of three young kids. Um, that that sort of folded into thinking, okay, I like I'm really overwhelmed. Um, I need to hire somebody to come help me, and I also need to get myself into some sort of therapy. Now I have been. I love therapy. I've been in therapy almost my whole life. Um, and I was going in high school because of family issues. And it's just such a, a place for me to take hold of my feelings and literally say to somebody, okay, now you take all of this and you hold it for me. It's like such a relief for me to just say things out loud. It's very cathartic. So I was never I was okay with going to see a psychologist that was no problem for me um but I had never been on any antidepressants and so once I finally got help in Wilmington um my doctor there said okay well you know why don't we try this especially because I had been going through it again um with the twins and oh my goodness within two weeks I was like a new person. I really felt back to myself. Um, I felt more productive. Um, I just want to rewind really quick to something that happened when right after my son was born. So I had a really, really hard time breastfeeding because of a thyroid problem. I didn't have any, hardly any milk. And so um, he was 10 pounds and starving. And I was only producing about one ounce of milk per every 30 minutes or so. And so eventually, I, you know, I white knuckled my way through that whole situation. It's very painful to breastfeed. No one wants to talk about that either. And I did it for six weeks and I pumped a lot. 
and I also had to end up supplementing with formula. And I went in for a six-week checkup with my OBGYN, and I couldn't see her that day, so I saw the midwife. And the midwife was such a lovely woman. Her name was Ariana. I'll never forget her. She had long um, red hair and bright blue eyes, and she was just really such a calm person. And since she's the midwife, she's you know takes a more natural approach than the regular OBGYN. And so she sat me down and she asked me how I was doing. She could tell I was struggling. And I said, I kind of feel like I'm drowning with this breastfeeding. It feels like it's a train, a speeding train that I can't get off of. Like, I, I don't know how, how to make it better because nothing was working. And she turned to me and she held my hands and she said, you know, you can quit, right? And it was like a light bulb moment. I needed someone to say to me, you can quit. You have my permission to quit. And I think, um, you know, I have a college degree. I'm an educated woman. Um, I've had careers, you know, I've been the boss of people. And all of a sudden, I couldn't make decisions for myself, which would have, I think without the chaos of that year, that would have kind of helped me clue in a little bit more to knowing that I needed help and that I wasn't taking care of myself. Um, and then fast forward to the twins, because I had such a hard time breastfeeding with my son, I just didn't even breastfeed with my twins. We just immediately started them on formula, which is not a popular opinion to lots of people. Um, but I really felt like that kept the postpartum at bay. I still needed help, but I built in some sort of relief for myself so I could try and take care of myself a little bit more with the twins. And my psychologist and my OBGYN after the twins were born said, you have just given yourself such a gift. And I think the point I'm getting to here is that why it's so hard for women to talk about this is that one, there is 1,000 gazillion ways to be a mother, and there is no right way. And I also think that um, as little girls, we're kind of taught to not be, to not talk about our bodies or have our bodies be gross in any way. You're never allowed to talk about your period. Um, childbirth always has to be beautiful. Um, and then because of that, like no one really tells you what's gonna happen. And it's different for everyone. But I think we need to all start being a lot more real with each other because then it'll help you feel not so alone. And again, I wanna thank my guest today, um, Lauren Dawson, very talented artist and teacher uh, talking to us today about her um, you know, relationship and coping with uh, postpartum and therapy and medication. And um, this is not something that I, I think just other women need to hear. I think a lot of men need to be involved in these conversations because I I am learning so much right now, even though I'm, I'm you know, married to a wonderful woman, have two young kids, and I, I got to witness both of their childbirths. I got to witness my, my wife struggling to, to breastfeed 
and having to use formula. So all of this hits home for me also. And I think a, 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 a big thing here is because you're talking about it, because you're um, interjecting yourself, injecting yourself into the conversation, what message do you or can you send to to new mothers or women who have pregnancy in their future? You know, what what would you tell uh, a woman who's in that position right now, maybe, you know, to help them out with their with their future childbirth and, and parenting? I think um, it's really important that you bring this up with your OBGYN or your midwife while you're still pregnant. And you need to ask for some signs and some symptoms, but you also need to be starting that conversation early so you're comfortable with being brutally honest with your doctor. Um, I think a lot of us go to the doctor and we kind of hedge a little bit. Um, and especially when you're a new mom, you have so many new hormones going through, you don't really know what's normal anymore. And so I think that's a really good question to ask your doctor. Is this symptom normal? And how long should this symptom last? And then make another appointment to check up on those symptoms. I think it's also a really good idea to share all of this with your partner. So as you're going through it, um, they can have an extra set of eyes on you. You just kind of need like a mirror in your life to say, hey, are you okay? I know this is crazy and chaotic, but some of these things are still going on. And sometimes it doesn't have to be that you're crying all day or you don't want to talk, you don't want to touch the baby. Sometimes they can be a lot more vague and it's hard to decipher that. So I think everyone needs to start talking about it much more. And I, that, I think that's perfect advice because You've mentioned therapy and you've mentioned having someone kind of hold those issues for you to get it out in the open. And I've talked about this before in previous episodes about when we internalize things, we're basically giving those things all the power. We're holding them in. We're um, holding them hostage. And it's, it's, it's better for a lot of us. You know, even if we can't talk to a therapist, even if we can't get to a doctor's office to at least get them out in the open, whether we talk to a loved one about them, whether we talk to a husband or wife, whether we jot them down on a piece of paper. I think it, once you get it in the open, you can see it or hear it for what it is. And I think the the, the biggest question that I want to know um, is since you've gone through these pregnancies since you've had this in your past like how have you changed or or have you changed at all how have your perspective on things changed how has your life changed how has your coping mechanisms changed how how have you progressed from all this so i think um the most important thing that i've learned is i now have an antenna to um detect what's going on with other mothers um I'm part of a wonderful community of female artists and I have forged new friendships with them because, you know, as females, we're also raising babies and trying to do art at the same time. And you almost can tell, or at least I can, just in subtle words, um, 
that some women use that it's it's hard. What they're going through is really hard. And I always bring up immediately, you know, I had a really hard time with postpartum depression. This is my experience. Tell me what your experience is. And then all of a sudden, it's like a waterfall of information. As soon as you give someone permission to be themselves and to open up, they usually do. And I think mothers do that with each other because we're all collectively going through the same kind of boot camp where you understand there's a push and pull between your body and your child and how much you give your child of your mental energy and your emotional energy. So I think mainly it's really forged a lot of friendships. And I am the first one who wants to talk to them about it because it's really hard. And so, and this is, I mean, this is all phenomenal information. And um, we we didn't discuss this before, but uh, I have mentioned plenty of times now that, that you're an artist. Do you... Um, as an artist, and I, I really want to know this because I am—I used to have an artistic bone in my body, but that kind of went away a, a while ago. But does your art reflect your mood, and does it does it change with your mood, or, or how do you, can you notice that when you're trying to paint something or produce something or maybe take a photo? Do you notice your your art changing with your mood? I think it's not changing with my mood. I think. For a long time with my art, I was trying to hide behind things. And in the past year, it's really sort of exploded into me feeling more comfortable. I just had a great conversation with um, another female artist, and she asked me, why don't you ever do work on your twin's pregnancy? And it was one of those moments I felt like, gosh, I don't know. Why don't I? And my answer was, is that it was such a scary time. Um, their pregnancy was really tough. They were, um, you know, considered to be, uh, first they were mono-mono twins. They couldn't find a separation between them, which meant that they would have their cords wrapped around each other's necks. And it's almost impossible for them to both survive. And so, um, they were, originally, they were mono-mono, but then they found a tiny, like, hair-width separation between them. So they had their own little sacs, um, and they were considered mono-dye. So thank goodness. Um, but it, I think I buried a lot of those feelings because it was just so scary to me um, that I just don't, I didn't want to go back and revisit it yet. And they're nine, so... <laughs> I'm really glad that she asked me that because um, my new set of work is all about that. It's only about winning and it's about birth and motherhood. And before I was kind of hiding behind flowers and how flowers reproduce, they're kind of the same, they reproduce in some of the same ways that humans do. And so I was really interested in that. Um, but I think what I'm really interested in is, you know, mothering. And that is, I mean, that's, that's wonderful. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy about that. And just so you guys know, I'm not kidding about, you know, Lauren's 
Lauren's work. Uh, when my family moved to, to Georgia over a year ago, I actually reached out to her to do a, um, a painting just for me and just for my family. And it is hanging on the wall in our house right now. It's one of the most gorgeous pieces we have in our house. And if I am a person that's listening to this and I want to see your work or possibly purchase some of your work, how do we get in contact with you? Where can we see uh, your work? So probably the best place to find me is on Instagram um, or my website. So my Instagram is Lauren Faith, like Leaf Dawson, D-A-W-S-O-N. And my website is laurenfaithdawson.com. Thank you so much, Lauren. I appreciate your time today. Um, I have learned so much and I hope the people listening have learned a lot. Um, this has been one of the most uh, humbling and knowledge-filled experiences I have been through since I started this show. Um, and thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I hope everything goes well for you. And I would love to have you back on the show. Other than that, thank you so much. Thank you, Mark. It was so nice to talk to you. I hope this helps other people. Relatively Normal is written, produced, and edited by me, Mark Paisan. And I'd like to thank our special guest today, Lauren Santamaro Dawson, for talking to us about her postpartum depression and how she's dealt with it. And again, if you or someone you know is in crisis, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Relatively Normal.